0: three two one you ready you listening to the real pineapple podcast network <coughs> good evening everybody thank you so much for listening this is the real pineapple Happy International Women's Day to all of you and to the incredible women in my life. I could go down a list Um, that would be way too many women, so I'll just say, my mother, thank you for the gift of life. Um, (laughs) I've got a review here for all of you for uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada. Uh, If you don't know those names, uh, you should. Don Hall... A director I've been really keeping my eye on for uh, for a minute here. He wrote Meet the Robinsons, which I think is a very underrated Disney film. He then went on to be the voice of Darnell in The Princess and the Frog. Uh, he wrote and produced uh, the 2011 version of Winnie the Pooh, as well as directed Big Hero Six in 2014. Uh, was a co-director of Moana in 2016, and is the uh, main director. Here on uh, *Raya and the Last Dragon*, uh, Carlos Lopez Estrada. He, this is his actual. Dr- uh, this is only the third. Uh, uh, pardon me. Uh, like the fifth or uh, fifth project he's directed. So, I mean, still pre- pretty new at this. And I have to say, this is on Premier Access for Disney Plus. So. these are always kind of hard to review, because can I really tell all of you, hey, spend $30 on something you'll get in, you know, three months. Uh, We'll get to that, but Raya, who is voiced by uh, Kelly Marie Tran, uh, another person that I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with, she of course was in uh, Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi, not used very well, but uh, she's in those films, Um, and she voices Raya, and the funny thing about this movie, it really felt like someone watched Avatar: The Last Airbender and went, "What if we take that, but kind of mix it with Moana?" Because this kind of continues that trend of the of Disney uh, Disney animated stuff, where hey, we want to have a strong uh, female uh, uh, protagonist, which I'm all about because. As you guys know, if you haven't listened to the podcast uh, uh, for too long, I'm a huge fan of Moana. I think Moana is one of those films uh, that, as much as it's loved, it's still underrated. I think that all the the love that Frozen and Frozen 2 Get really should go to Moana. I think Moana is a much better film than both Frozen movies. That's right. I said it. Fuck that snowman. But the but what I love about this movie is again, it felt like someone went, let's take Avatar, blend it with Moana, and throw a dash or two, a little dash or two of Brave in there as well, because this improves on a couple of the, the complaints I have about Brave, but I'll get to that. But Raya. Uh, the movie picks up with her as a child. Um, she lives in the fancy world of uh, Kumandra, where basically you have five different, um, five different groups or five different uh, islands, essentially or uh, territories. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, Tail, uh, which is a a, sw- uh, a swelting desert where sn- uh, sneaking mercenaries fight dirty. Uh, Talon, uh, which is this floating market type area. Spine, which is like a frigid bamboo forest. And then Fang, which is uh, their greatest rival, which is protected by these angry assassins. So... That's uh, So, I appreciate the fact that the land, uh, the territories are all named after specific parts of the dragon. I thought that was a very nice touch. But the movie starts off with Raya and her dad, uh, uh, her dad, uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Benja, who's voiced by uh, Daniel Day Kim, who you probably know uh, from probably either Almost Be My Maybe. He was in Hellboy. He's actually the best part in Hellboy, which is not saying much, but still... But more likely known from Hawaii 5.0, which he's shockingly great on that show because that show is insane. But I love the chemistry between Raya and her dad. You don't get a lot of it because most of the story is about her being on her own, trying to go ahead and restore the balance uh to these to these uh territories and to the world, essentially. And what I really do appreciate about their relationship is that it never feels like he's talking down to her when he's explaining the territories to her and explaining why she needs to have respect, even though they're all at war uh, amongst each other. I love the fact that the respect aspect is kept very much at the forefront. And just as a parent, I went, thank you so much for teaching your child respect, because as someone who works for a call center and has children calling sometimes, kids can be very mean, so thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being a good parent. But I love that relationship is established early on, which it sucks that, again, we don't get more of it, but, you know, how it goes sometimes, but... The, uh the reason we have these uh, certain territories is because 500 years ago this uh these monsters known as the dr- uh, the drone went ahead and threatened the land and basically wiped out all dragons and that sequence in particular which you don't really see um really more as far as the scope of what happened until later on I love how dark that is and it it's it's very similar to the oh gosh, is it the second or third? Uh, The third How to Train Your Dragon. And I'll I'll get to why that's kind of important later on, but I love, I really love this plot. It felt very, it felt very old Disney. It felt very, you know, 80s, 90s Disney. And I will say for myself, while Disney doesn't always hit with me. They hit a lot more than they than they miss. But recently, there have been some Disney projects. Uh, I didn't review Mulan, but I thought it was okay. But for me, it really didn't justify uh, Crouching Tiger hit Disney's uh, existence. I didn't really know why. I, I get why they made it. They want to make money. But just as far as the artistic soul of something like that and of something that's one of their best films, uh, period, animated or live action, to see it just kind of be meh. I was, I was disappointed in that, and luckily I didn't have that feeling here, which was really nice. Because again, I was really sad that I wasn't as happy about the film as I uh, really wanted it to, to be. But th- but you have an intruder come in who is voiced by uh, Jemakan Jema uh, Namari, who is a member of the, go figure, the tribe that uh, they're at war with the most. Uh, she's a member of the Fang tribe. And if you want to draw this conclusion, you can. I know some people go, that's kind of dumb, and that's fine. You can be wrong. But there's definitely there's definitely lesbian energy in this. Uh, they are so close when they're older, as adults, uh, Raya and uh, Namari, the way they hate each other and the genuine hatred they have, it's it's lesbian vibes. Like it's very, very clear. I think actually, if I remember correctly, I think Kelly Marie Tran, said Raya is a lesbian. So you, uh, so you you can you can see it. Like it's really not hard to find what watch now. All the parents will be like, I'm not watching my kids watch this, but I love their back and forth because it starts off as a very genuine friendship when when they meet each other when they're kids. Uh, Namari has this really sweet scene with Raya, where she gives her this uh, this dragon pendant, and they're geeking out about dragons and laughing and talking about how uh, their parents being single is just the most uncomfortable thing for them because they're such dorks, and just having very wholesome kid conversation. Which I went, that's really sweet, and I really like that this is the, the direction you're going, and. What made me laugh is as I'm watching this is I went, wow, I've been watching films and reviewing films for long enough. I should know. Clearly, there's a swerve coming. <laughs> like, But the movie did such a good job of, of just sucking me in with their genuine friendship. I'm sitting here watching it going, oh, that's really cute. And then, of course, the movie pulls the rug out from you. So there's this crystal, that uh, this MacGuffin crystal, that is being held by uh by raya's uh by raya's dad um will get you don't really need to know why it's just mcguffins so basically there's this crystal that gets destroyed it sends the whole world essentially to mad max thunderdome and we jump ahead uh we jump ahead to raya now as an adult they don't say how old she is i'm assuming like or like early like 1819 they at, at least that's how old she kind of looks but then she's on this quest now to go ahead and restore balance to everything and for what this movie is which is just okay we need to go here get this thing we need to go here get this thing it works so well and for being a movie that's it's Almost two hours. I want to say it's like an hour. Gosh, like an hour and forty-eight minutes. Like right around there. It moves so quickly, and I really didn't feel the length of this at all, which was a really nice surprise. Everyone in this voice cast is bringing their A game, and of course, I have to talk about Aquafina because I not don't not only just because I think she's absolutely gorgeous, but I have so much respect for this fucking woman. I think she got royally screwed out of a oscar nomination for the fra- uh, for the farewell and if you've listened to the podcast i have gone off multiple times about that so i won't do it here but and she's gonna be in a uh, shing chi the legend of the ten rings no one knows who she's playing and i'm really fucking curious who she is so aquafina again i love her to pieces she's one of my few gripes about this movie it's not her voice acting it's Okay, so when Raya discovers uh, Sisu, who is the last dragon in the aforementioned title, the problem is I don't have the emotional attachment that I have with uh, Toothless and Hiccup. Because in the first How to Train Your Dragon, they do such a great job of playing that up. Like, Toothless is angry at this human but then you find out, oh, Toothless is a big old softie, and he loves Hiccup, and will do whatever he can to defend Hiccup, and their friendship over those three films becomes just so infectious, and it's so pure, and just the way that they do respect each other. I really, I just rewatched those films uh, about a month or two ago, and just, have been so impressed with just the awe those films left me in for all three of them I think all three are great films and I never felt that connection with Raya and Sisu not until maybe the last I'd say 45-ish minutes and admittedly yes I understand you're building up the friendship between, between them but the problem is the stuff they're writing for Sisu earlier on is very slapsticky for given the seriousness of the uh, uh given the seriousness of what's happening it's kind of oh i don't want to use this example cuz i know people will be like you suck but it's fine whatever who cares uh it's very similar for me kind of what i think about ragnarok uh, about ragnarok uh i understand like i've you know watched in game and they make jokes but i don't know for for some reason the destruction of asgard kind of leading up to it I wanted that to hit a little harder than it did without as much joking on leading up to it. And Sisu just has this very kind of hokey, almost Fozzie Bear-like quality uh, earlier on in the film. That just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It wasn't enough to take me out of the movie, but I was kind of more like I kind of wish there's more of a conflict with Sisu and uh, Raya and as the movie progresses and they have this conflict as far as how to go about saving the world that's where it really got interesting to me because you see more Sisu as a character you see her feeling so guilty and her parallel journey with Raya's being I'm not strong enough to do this by myself. Why? Uh, why aren't any of my siblings the last dragon? Uh, I love that storyline. How it mirrors uh, mirrors Raya's as far as her dad uh, sacrificing himself for her in a way. In a scene that I won't spoil how it goes down, but I thought was so beautifully well done. Um, my heart. I was just bummed I didn't get a little more conflict. Uh, between uh, Sisu and Raya, but just to bring up a couple more quick things, That the score in this is one of my favorite scores in a Disney film probably in about five years. I thought the score on this was beautiful. I, I had a couple moments tearing up. Uh, it's very akin to to something where, like, I think about Frozen 2 and how much I like the the score and the music. And the second one, more I like it here. The music here reminded me of Brave, just how I was sitting here while I have issues with Brave, going, wow, you are just knocking it out of the park with this. And as I was bringing up Brave earlier, the reason I like this more than Brave is because there is a genuine villain. Yeah, you have this scary bear, but... That just wasn't really enough for me. I, I wanted more than that. And Raya and Namari having this rivalry and having multiple fight scenes against each other. They they actually end up fighting much earlier on than you might expect. And I love the fight scenes with them. Uh the way that this is shot as far as the cinematography, it it's very reminiscent of the first Kung Fu panda, where you're kind of in awe of wow, they brought in someone who's familiar with martial arts to at least supervise on this because you don't shoot a film like this without having some input from someone who's done this themselves. And it, it, it's beautiful. Um, I, I love the way that this is shot. Um, really, when it comes to my complaints, it's really Sisu, uh, the way she's kind of handled at points. Um, and again, I never... I never felt the closeness of Sisu and Raya's uh, relationship like I felt with Hiccup and Toothless, even by the end of the movie. Yes, there are some incredibly, incredibly, uh, incredibly sweet moments as we get closer to the to the end. But it's just again, it's just not How to Train Your Dragon. I know that's not fair, but it's it's just not because you're going to draw. It has dragon in the title. I'm going to compare it to How to Train Your Dragon. And it's just it's. For me, it's not as good as How to Train Your Dragon. But this is still an excellent movie. Would I pay 30 bucks for this? (sighs) The the thing is, and I I know people are gonna be like bullshit, but I wouldn't pay 30, you know, I would pay 30 bucks for Black Widow. Never mind, I really wanna see a movie. But you kind of need to decide if can can you wait three months? If you can wait three months, I'd wait the three months. This is something that might actually be better to play. You know, in summer when hopefully, you know, when we're all hopefully vaccinated and you can have, you know, the kids like have a barbecue and have some of your friends kids over and put that on for the kids. You can all watch that with dinner. This is a great dinner movie. I I'm probably going to watch this again because I think I uh, I think I still have access to my screener. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of this. It's well worth your time. We you do get a chance to see it um, as far as a grade. I'm going to give this an A-. I think this is a solid, solid Disney film. Uh, This is not uh, Disney Pixar. This is just Disney. But this was so incredibly well done. Every voice actor brings it here. Uh, Sandra Oh is uh, in here as a... as a Namari's mom, and there is a scene that they have together near the end of the movie that I thought was so fucking wonderful. I went, "Oh shit!" Uh, it, it's a great, it's a really great film. Uh, again, well worth your time when you get a chance to see it. But if you don't want to pay thirty bucks, again, I think this will be on Disney Plus. Uh, was it April, May, June? So before the Fourth of July, it'll probably be on Disney Plus. So yeah, you can wait <laughs> if you don't want to pay thirty. But uh, yeah enjoyed, enjoyed, enjoyed this, but uh, Ryan right, right and Last Dragon. Have you seen it, everyone? What'd you think? Let us know in the comments. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JayHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at the First. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio Heart Radio, Spotify, uh, TuneUp, and Amazon Music to name some places where you can listen to us. And don't forget to like our gaming page on Facebook at Real Pineapple Games. I'm going to try to stream this month. I'm trying to get some other uh, bigger recordings I want to get done first. But I will be streaming here soon. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Speaking of big recordings, uh, we're going to have Scott back on the podcast soon. I'm really excited to get him back. We're going to have a review for WandaVision. I have a lot to say about that show without spoiling how I feel about it. But there's a lot to break down on that. And... Going to finally, finally, finally have my review for the best of 2020. That is going to be live on the 16th at 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I am horribly excited to knock that podcast out and really break down what I think is a very incredibly great year for film. I, I have so much to say about this past year in film, but I'm really excited to get to that. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe out there wear a mask, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon.